<laughs> you always take this deep breath. You can't take this breath before I hit record. I had to. I see the numbers hit. It, it feel like a spotlight. Oh, that shit. You get on my nerves. That's how I feel. So it's us, the sicklies, again. Again. Thanks to Naomi. Can't breathe out here. Y'all, listen. When uh, See how it's never an episode where, like, Ashley brings home a cold? What? Yeah, like, I'm, y'all always patient zero. The two of y'all. We trying to keep it away from you. Y'all need to wash y'all hands. Nah, man. Now we just cough right in your face. <laughs> she child. <laughs> we give you a hug and just all cough. <laughs> <laughs> right, wait. Okay, wait. What are we doing? So, so this is a different episode. Well, it's kind of like your uh, your momscape episode. I know that's why I told you that you should do a you should preface this yourself and not have me on here. But I wanted you here because I'm not good at talking to myself. <laughs> oh my god so okay. so like welcome your mom back. yeah well, welcome back we babe. here so i'm back came back it's 40 some degrees and raining here <laughs> it was just 88 degrees where i was yesterday where were you at went to la mm-hmm. it, it was a, a really good weekend like you was looking good babe was i mm-hmm. uh, you didn't send it. me no freaky pics but that's neither here nor there. I was saving it till I got back. Oh. I can't be sending you no pics. Well, you're supposed to go, you know, go on the corner, son. What I'm supposed to do? I seen you a pic and I ain't here. I need to send it <laughs> when you at work. You got about <laughs> two hours. You know what's up when we get home. Oh, Lord. Anyway, so it was a cool weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, legit, I almost forgot I was supposed to go. Got my flight at the last minute. Um uh, but I made it, and I like literally one of the best weekend trips, like most fulfilling trips that I've had outside of my family, like ever in life. For real? Like for real? Don't say that to me. Like I, I'm still to the point where it's Tuesday, and I'm still digesting like all the love. It was a good emotional trip. It was a good emotional trip. It was a a good trip to fill up my cup Mm -hmm. um to feel that sense of belonging and support uh and just love in general so it was a combination so it was a a combination trip where i went out there with with some of my frat brothers so we we all met up and then also at the same time uh, my mom went out there so my brother stays in la now my mom went out there uh, she took my niece. It was my niece's first flight. So I got a chance to spend a day with them. Uh, went to the Santa Monica Pier. So it was just like that. My biological family aspect of it where, like, I'm seeing my niece run around and just be happy mm-hmm. and, like, taking in a whole completely different state that she's never been to. Like, it, just a, a weekend of first for her where she's like, you know, I'm out in California, my first time at the beach. Being like, a kid. Be, getting to be a kid and enjoy, you know, like, just be introduced to something and get outside our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Now, you said your brother moved there. Yeah. You know people be in my my DMs asking if you got a brother. I got a brother, so he in L.A. <laughs> with, the, with the good weather. With the good weather, so he out there. But, um... 
nah, it was cool. So I got to see my mom and, and and being transparent with it, like I, I, I was torn because of course, like you want to kick it, but then like I, I saw my mom and I, I legit, <laughs> I really don't see her as much as I should, um, and so like being with her Saturday and in my head, like I'm gonna spend a couple of hours with them, like be cool, and then I'm gonna dip back out and go kick it again, and then it got to the point where it's like, like you know, your mom asked you like. One time, like, oh, okay, like, he staying with us tonight? And then, like, nah. And she asked me a couple more times, like, oh, like, she she really wants me to stay. And for me, that meant more than anything else. Like, just being able to be there for her and spend that time with her and not taking for granted because a lot of people don't get that opportunity, you know, to spend time with, you know, their parents. So I didn't want to be, I didn't want that to look back on that time and be like, you know, I she asked me to do one little thing. I I didn't do it, um, and I'm glad I didn't because I really enjoy you know spending time with my family. Um, now the other side of the trip, uh, got to kick it with, like I said, some of my fraternity brothers. We all we all met up, uh, so one stays out there, and then the rest of us all flew across the country from from various spots. So you had D.C., you had New York, uh, where else? Uh, Dallas, St. Louis, and of course I'm in Charlotte. So we all just flew across the country to meet up in one spot and just kick it, and without any drama, might I add. Like I feel like a lot of groups like <laughs> get them together, and it's always like drama or whatever the case is. People like backing out or whatever the case is. Like nah, everybody wanted to be here, didn't have to be coerced, mm-hmm. and it was just a good brotherhood weekend. Like for real to. Or I was just like, man, like, I don't know what I did to deserve this. Yeah. But it, uh, I couldn't have asked to be in a better spot. So if you haven't listened to the friendship episode, like, these are, this, these are the forever friends that we spoke about. Um, and let me see. Justin said he wasn't good at talking to himself, but he's been talking for about 27 minutes. I've been trying to be on it, so. Woo, child. I've been trying to get on it. <laughs> so. But no, um, so let me let me tell you what was going on here. I was really excited for Justin to go, and um, I started to stop you for a second, but then you was getting kind of deep, but I didn't forget. So he said he booked his flight at the last minute. Not only did he book his flight the last minute, y'all, but then he going to say, y'all should come with me, sir. Don't you see me over here getting my finances together? <laughs> don't don't you tempt me, little devil. And then he'll be on the podcast three episodes later talking about, she don't be trying to save no money. She don't be paying now. attention to the budget. I was testing you. No, you was wasn't testing me. Whatever, babe. Well, I pass. Please send me a sticker or a percentage into my savings. I'm gonna send you this pic I've been holding back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, so I was really excited for him to be able to get away with, with people that he really enjoys being around. I love those guys. Um, yeah. So they had. I don't. I'll let you run it back for y'all conversation because, so I, well, well, before you go there, I asked Justin y'all to record an episode while he was out there, 
Now, he does not control like the editing of the podcast or the recording of the podcast. So when you're listening, like Justin has one job. I'm doing two. I'm trying to hold the conversation and make sure like everything is straight in us in the process of us recording this joint too, right? And gotta edit it, all that, whatever, whatever. So this is his first time and I, I knew he was gonna be nervous, but this is his first time like trying to do this and I'm not here. <laughs> so tonight I asked him, I said, Babe, do you have some content? He go, Uh, yeah. I uh I got some things, but some things I had to bleep out. Like, what? Some things where people start talking about names and personal stuff, and I just don't, you know. That ain't do place. you have content? Did you do your homework? Did you get the job done? So. Did you, babe? I did. Okay. So I, I, I'll throw myself under the bus real quick. Though. I ain't no. <laughs> What I really messed up was I ain't really know what I was doing. So when you're doing the segments, like, you got to put them in order so you know what goes where. So I did, like, part one, and then I got distracted. I'll put it that way. The next part said (laughs) part five. I I knew I hadn't used five yet. I didn't know what what was coming out the one. (laughs) So I was just going to throw a random five in there. It'll blend in. We'll put it together later. So it's kind of... But really what it is, uh, when y'all listen to what it is, what I was able to do and what I wanted to capture were just genuine conversations that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and some stuff, like, it, it was such, and I, I'm going to use this caption from Rodney Holmes, one of my frat brothers who was there, who, who put it perfectly, said, um, just a weekend of engaging in conversations with other black men about mental health, marriage, therapy, and just overall happiness uh, shows that we will be breaking all general curses set before us and, and that was legit like this weekend like a microcosm of this weekend like that's what it was all about just us being vulnerable with one another uh, breaking the stigmas like that society or social media personas just saying you know I love you or you know if you need somebody to be there for you I got you or I need you or I need you like and, and that's huge like because I've always considered that black men don't have a space where we can be vulnerable with one another mm-hmm. and with ourselves. And this was really that. And like I, I wish like I, I wish everybody could experience what we had this weekend and just bigging each other up and just refilling everybody's cup. Because that's, that's what it's all about, man. I feel like people get so caught up in what society thinks or what social media says you should or shouldn't do or not even focusing on each other. Or focusing on they quote-unquote day ones and not making, like, real adult friends. Yeah, like, quote or focus on, like, numbers <laughs> of friends or whatever the mm-hmm. case is or realizing who is really there for you and who will help you be a better man. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing who to keep in your life and who to cultivate. Um, I don't know. It was just, just a weekend of just straight love. And so I, I was able to capture some conversations um, where we just talked about random topics. So hopefully you enjoy. Uh, I wanted to be respectful of, of them and not bring in anything that was too 
That to, was private. That yeah, that was private. Um, yeah, specific names and stuff. Spe- yeah, specific names and situations because that wasn't what this was about. But I did think uh, we captured some good stuff and just just good thought. So hope you enjoy and. Can you tell them where you was at recording this so that they know why the quality is what it is? Oh, man, it was all over. So we were on the beach, we were in the car, random conversations about Popeyes and just, I don't know, uh, a restaurant. So wherever wherever I felt. You want to add the restaurant clip in there? I don't remember. Um, but yeah, so so listen, enjoy, uh, give us your thoughts, like, and, and I guess my, my question to you and the idea that I would pose is how are you cultivating real relationships in your life? Mm-hmm. And what are you doing to um, to support those around you and, and to build safe spaces? I want to say I feel like this is going to be a part one of this because um, they were in L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very like impromptu. And- Definitely they were enjoying themselves and so i want them to like really sit, sit down. down and have a formal conversation yeah i would love that yes where horns that. are not beeping and the uber driver is not talking to but I, but it's authentic though so i think it that's is authentic it's... but you know so i'm looking look for look forward to uh part two yeah because this is good but i think a full conversation where people get to know the people who are talking yeah i think it puts it into perspective and maybe we could do something around i want to do a series man like damn i had to convince took me six months to convince you to record a podcast now you want to be a reality tv star kim kardashian in there all right man ain't nobody (laughs) say nothing come on now put your ass up (laughs) get on (laughs) anyway uh, hope y'all enjoy. Send us your thoughts. Send us, um, as always, follow us, Marriage Caviar, Instagram, at Marriage Caviar. At Marriage Caviar. Uh, love to hear what y'all want to hear, and thank you for the support. All right. So, Ross, my question is, do you think that your concept structure or however you want to call it of fatherhood has changed as Naomi is getting older in the sense of when she was really young maybe a month old you had this idea of fatherhood but now as she's getting older she's like a year and a half almost about to be two has your like the way that you approach fatherhood changed uh yeah I think I think my my thoughts on it has definitely changed, just more so because like at first this is a new person, and I hate to say like, hopefully it don't sound bad, but like I was still so tired to Ashley, like I didn't understand like loving somebody more than her, yeah. or uh, the same old part. Yeah. Um, and then like as you're around this kid, and then you start seeing yourself and somebody else, like how do you even know to do that? Like that's something that I do, and seeing your mannerisms and somebody else that's not you is is pretty crazy. Um, and I just feel like every day, like I find new ways to love her. So it's almost in a way of like every day your, like your idea of father, every day your idea of fatherhood is changing because yeah. every day Naomi is like getting older and her personality is changing and growing. And all yeah, that she's a new person, so she's pretty much like as she grows, like you're just so amazed by seeing somebody like do stuff that you do or just give you this reason. 
So even um, I was talking to Ashley about it earlier this week. I was like, man, I would leave a job and be good. But then like now it's like all these different considerations. Like, oh, we have a kid now. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a different dynamic. Like when you actually have a kid and have somebody responsible yeah. that you're responsible to. I have another different question. Yeah. Because I've heard, I've heard different opinions on this. There's some people of the mindset that you know, you you will always love your kids more than your. Once you have kids, you always love your kids more than your significant other, even though you love them a mm-hmm. lot. It's like there's somebody else that has kind of trumped that, and that's yeah. okay. And then I've heard the opposite, where people are like, you, regardless of when you have kids, you always need to love and put your significant other first, even before your kids, mm-hmm. because that's gonna create a structure in your family where everybody feels supported or whatever and i've i've heard different ideas on that and i'm curious yeah. what since now that you've had a kid where, where do you say uh I, I think that's a lose lose a lose lose yeah but now uh, for me it's like and i honestly think ashley would have a different response than i do yeah because i feel like i would love her more like there there isn't like you were there first like you're the reason i'm here to begin with uh, and this kid came through you, so it's always like a part of you. So I feel like I would love my wife more. Yeah. Which ties into a different conversation. I think when you have a kid, like so much of your life is dedicated to that person, especially over the first few months or few weeks, whatever the case is, that like you might forget about your spouse. Yeah. And everything becomes all about this kid. Not that that's a bad thing, but I'll be honest and upfront and say that's a conversation Ashley and I have had. It's like, man, I got married. Like, I'm not to gonna you. be. You know, it's like, I don't feel like a priority right now. It's That's like, man. interesting. And I wonder whether, like, even though you said that Ashley would have a different response, I wonder if that's gendered at all. Like, if uh, if it's more men in the in the marriage saying that versus women or, or vice versa. It's interesting because I remember um, Ryan, um, not Gosling, what's the other guy? I forgot the guy's name. Ryan, um. The guy who plays uh, Deadpool. Reynolds. Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. When he got married to Blake Lively, he like he was he did an interview on one of the late night shows or whatever, and he said that he never understood how much like the concept of love would change for him and that he loves Blake like to the moon and back. He would literally do anything for her. And then when he had a kid, when he had his first daughter, he realized that he would literally push, like, in front of a bus for her, his daughter. Wow. And everybody was like, oh, wow, that's so crazy. Like, yeah, love, and you love your kids and, and family or whatever. And I was like, I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> like, I don't think that's how it's supposed to, I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. But people have different, I don't know, people approach it differently. People have different concepts. And what you said, I feel like I, that's how I would, how I would approach it as well, but you know, there's people who think differently, and I don't know whether that has any effect on family structure or anything like that. You know, but, one thing that it, it has changed, like which nobody tells you about, but the fact that I feel way more vulnerable now than I ever had in my life. Really? Normal? How, so, like, how? I'm vulnerable in the sense that. Oh, vulnerable. Yeah, oh, vulnerable. And, and like that, I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I remember you said so, that. It's crazy. You felt you felt your own mortality having a child because it's like at this point, it's not a 
like literally if I die there's there's people who will be left in the balance yeah like yeah. do you mean like vulnerable or scared to live or vulnerable as an open to emotion uh both so the emotion piece of it is crazy like on a lighter note like even like movies where I'm watching like a sad scene I'd be like unfazed like before this kid like now it's like man like I, like I'm always juxtaposing her in like yeah. situations where somebody something happens to somebody else's kid and so now I didn't think like even just watching movies like that would be a trigger. It's like yeah. oh man like now it's, it's a different type of pain like you just can't watch without emotion. Yeah. Um, and then like even to Adi like I, I was telling him that like I feel way more mortal than I've ever had. Yeah. So even like daily drives in the car when I'm driving or like just feeling like worried about something that's gonna happen. It's like just par- like a tiny sense of paranoia all the time. Like, yeah. you know, it's, what it's, could happen? It's funny you say that because, like, I'm in a. In a I think you felt this way for a while, but probably definitely enhanced. Uh, hold on, hold on. Okay. Uh, oh. Zach? Yeah, Zach was saying. Uh, oh. So it's, it's funny where I feel like I'm in a stage of life where, truthfully, I live every day and I'm always have the attitude of, like, you know what? Not to be grim, but I was like, if I died right now or tomorrow, I'd be okay. Yeah. I've lived a good life, like comfortable. So, like, I don't fear death. I mean, obviously, I have the normal reaction, but not in the sense of like really caring about life. And I've always wondered, like, I wonder if that would really change, like, I mean, if I had a child, and all of a sudden, yeah. where it's like, this is your legacy, this is your <laughs> thing to live for. Because, you know, obviously True. in life, you just want to live and enjoy yourself, but I'm always just kind of like, you know, I'd be okay because. I don't knock him leaving anything behind or whatever. They yeah. depend on me. At least this day. So, I, I, I guess that also probably questions, like, did you feel that, did you start feeling more your mortality as well when you got married, or was it until you had a child that made you start feeling that way? Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, I, I want to say, had the same conversation in 10 years after you have a kid, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and see, like, as that kid has grown up in time, if you still feel the same way, because I'm willing to bet it's going to change on that. Um, but now, to your question, like, I started feeling it once I got married first. It's like, man, like, this is somebody who, like, now it's my, my job to protect her. Right. And make, make sure she's okay. So if I'm not here or, God forbid, like, something were to happen to them or her and I'm not here, like, I, I honestly don't know if I would be able to function. Yeah. Like, just knowing that you're responsible or another human being is relying upon you. Like from a marriage standpoint, and then like it being enhanced after you have a kid, and just been like not only just for the kid, but like no, this is my family, and my my job is to make sure that they're okay. Like, would you be willing to do like whatever it takes, like to make sure they're good? Like I couldn't imagine like something happening and I'm not able to provide for them, or they hurt or something like that. So, nah, it definitely grows more and more. That's interesting because like I've always like I literally had that thought process recently where I was like. If something happened to me, like, what would I genuinely, like, obviously, like, you know, obviously would hope people would miss me or mourn for me or whatever, but more importantly, I'm like, what would I really, would I be leaving anything behind that I'd really, really feel bad about abandoning? Yeah. And I'm like, truthfully, outside of my, like, loans and credit card debt that I would feel bad if they try to come after my family's up, the rest of my assets for, that's the one thing, but I still, even, even beyond that, like, being in the position where I know if something did, my parents would be able to take care of the services, whatever the case, they would things would be okay mm-hmm. but it's it's funny where to the point where I can just imagine if it's like 
yo, I've literally got a, a spouse or a child that's like depending on, depending on like, nah, it becomes real. It's like, it's even the point where I listen at work and like think about, you know, they're like, oh, our life insurance policy is X, Y, Z. And I'm like, at the time I'm like, all right, bet that'll cover my loans if something happens to me. Yeah. But the real reality is like, you can imagine if you had family or whatever, and all of a sudden you're no longer there to be able to provide for them, what that would really impact. And I can understand yeah. changing the attitude where I'm kind of like, and it's not that I'm just out here being grim or whatever. My, the reason why I bring it up, it makes me be more like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna sit here and smoke this blunt, whatever, like, or I'm gonna have this drink. I'm, I'm not really, I feel, there was actually a term in, at one of my HBS classes that the teacher used to describe, like, this phase of life where you even lose, like, caution for, like, things that you would have cared a lot about. Like, for example, like, having unprotected sex or, you know, taking risks, smoke, trying this drug or whatever that you would never would have experimented with in the past, like, I feel like right now that I'm easily comfortable doing all those things, but I think about a child, I would be very, very much more like, I gotta be around. So this means I gotta get my health right, I gotta get everything right, like, so be it. Um, so I can be there to provide. Oh, that's real. Yeah. Like, I, um, like I've said this a, a few times, but like, the, the interesting challenge with being a parent or like having a kid, um, isn't gonna sound, crazy but like I don't I need to make sure that before I leave I'm more valuable to Naomi than when I die mm-hmm. so I need to make sure like whatever I can help her with whether it's development whether it's make, teaching her life lessons like I need to know whatever I did while I was on this earth is going to be more valuable than whatever life insurance policy that exactly. you know she's going to inherit so that's a challenge that's real. I actually like that like I, I never considered it happens because like just feeling more to, like man if I I died today, like, would she be okay? Yeah. yeah. yeah not just financial. Not, not just financial, but like just having a solid foundation and being a decent human being. Right. Yeah. Like, actually wanting to help people. Like, because I think I've told y'all this, like, where, like, we don't ask her, we won't ask her, like, what she wants to be when she grows up. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's more so like, nah, what did you accomplish? Like, right. to the point that I made, it's like, I mean, if you're searching to be something, then once you get it, are you fulfilled? True like, what happens if you're not I've fulfilled? Never been, like, never once you get that. Man. Yeah. I think I told y'all, like, that that exact situation is what I felt really set me off when I had to, like, just kind of have a little bit of a breakdown in B school and started going to therapy and stuff. Was just that, like, struggle is like, you know, working so hard. You know, all my life basically had been pushing towards wanting to get in this school, this job, whatever. Yeah. And I looked at, like, getting into Harvard Business School was, like, the capstone of that for me. Yeah. And it's like you get there, and even though for all the great experiences that came along with it, I looked up and really just had this, like, crushing moment in psychology being like, yo, I this was supposed to be it, and I still don't feel happy. I still yeah. got other things that I, you know. I'm yeah, like, absolutely. And so it's taken me to try to, like, take things in perspective and recognize that even even when I look at the situation with this like potential job I'm like you know even if it were to work out Zach don't build it up in your head that just getting out here to LA getting this job all of a sudden you're gonna everything's gonna be solved and you'll be happy yeah. like accept That's it fair. whether it's yeah. as great of an opportunity as it would be come, come out here it could be bad for, for whatever reason so you can't live your life just building up to saying whenever I get to this that's gonna be like it because I think it's just an ongoing process of actually identifying like what are the core the real core aspects of your life that like actually matter yeah, yeah. at the end of the day and it's not time for money 
No, it, it will not be money. It won't be a job. Like, those aren't the things that when you die, you're going to be like, man, I'm glad I made this impact in this time. And those ones are going to change all the time. Yo, for sure. This is wild. This is true. All for a fuck. You know what? This is not that goddamn bad. This shit is kind of good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that joint is good. <laughs> this shit is good. It, it can't be that good. They put it cocaine in good. I'm convinced. <laughs> this yeah. is some magical I'm good, the way that people are willing to shoot people over it. Well, that's, I would never say that. So I think that's what, I think that's a problem with it too, is that at this point, taking it like one step above, yeah. anybody who, anybody who like has never had it and eats it right now, you'll never think it's that good because I've people have it. sold it so fucking much that you're like, this shit has to taste like manna <laughs> from heaven. Right. <laughs> it doesn't taste like that. It just is a good, it's a it's good. <laughs> Oh my setup, Tristan. But I was confused over here. I was trying to because I was like, I know it's Sunday, but like, is the chicken popping that much? And it dawned on me. I was like, oh, all you fuckers in line for this damn sandwich. Like, and I was like, man, I was like, man, this shit ain't gonna be all that. This nigga said it's close to manna. God damn, boy. It's close. That's all right. I mean, it's just like, yo, the bread is good. The piece of it's a thick ass real piece of chicken. The pickle is hella crispy. The fucking the sauce is delicious. We gonna get that bitch now. You about to hit a U-turn real soon? I put that line in the middle of the street. It's like fuck. Fuck uh, the Merc Park. Right. <laughs> we going to fucking Popeyes. You like, well, we saw nothing from the Merc, however. Mm-hmm. But that Popeyes sandwich. That Popeyes sandwich? Bomb. My nigga. <laughs> <laughs>